Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you again for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue examining uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, which is a prayer that's being lifted up by the Levites on behalf of the people. And if you remember from the last episode, the people had gathered together and um, they were confessing their sins and their iniquity, iniquities before the Father. And they stood before the book of the law as it was read for a quarter of the day. And they made confession. They worshiped the Lord God for another quarter of a day. And then some of the Levites uh, had gathered together, and apparently they had written down this prayer and this declaration. And so they had the people stand up, and they said, Y'all stand up, bless the Lord your God, and do so, because He is the God from everlasting the everlasting is what it says in verse 5 of Nehemiah chapter 9. They said, Blessed be your glorious name, speaking of the Most High God. Now, as we continue to look at uh, what the prayer is, because it's, it's a lengthy prayer, uh, but there's principles here for us to see and for us to learn, because they start off by blessing the Lord's name and exalting his name and praising his name. And uh, we would do so well to do that. As a matter of fact, we had a gathering uh, just the other evening. And we were it was just going to be a time of prayer and just praising the Lord, just sort of seeing where it was going to go. And we literally started off because one person says, I just want to praise God about something. And, that, and that's literally what started. And we wound up having an extended time of just praying for uh, all sorts of matters and situations. But it began with praising the Lord for what he had done. And so at the end of verse 5, Nehemiah chapter 9, we see, Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. His name is above all, okay, above all. And quite often when we see that glorious name, we just sort of read it and think, oh, yeah, that's nice and that's neat. But do we really think about that? We see the name of the Lord uh, is prevalent throughout the Scripture. And what is meant by that? Well, it basically encompasses all that is the character of God. It's speaking of all that is Him, okay? And and words really fill us. All His goodness, all of His might, all of His wonder, His power, whatever. You know, it is who the totality of God is, how blessed and glorious that is. And you remember what happened with Moses? Because he said, well, who do I say has sent me? And the Lord was not going to be limited by any particular name, not even by a name that might give insight into who and what he does. He just told him to say, tell him that I am sent you. I am. So the great I am is to be blessed above all blessing and all praise. Then verse six, you are the Lord, you alone. So they start off with this declaration that, Lord, you are the Lord, you alone. And so that is immediately uh, undercutting and immediately uh, a point of repentance and confession over what they've been doing. Because by the fact that they had been ignoring his commandments and instructions and had taken uh, wives, in this particular instance, uh, wives uh, from the people of the land, and that they were being tempted to worship the gods of those lands, okay, they were declaring, Lord, you are God. You're alone. Okay. We were wrong in doing this. And then they go back. 
And folks, I think we would do so well to do this. They go back and they recount what God has done. And they go all the way back. How far back do they go? The next phrase tells us, you have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth, and all that is on it, the seas, and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. They go all the way back to the beginning. When the Lord created, you know, a lot of times when we're studying things in Bible studies and stuff like that, we find out that we're drawn back to Genesis because everything goes back to the beginning. But this verse right here is one of these verses, and they're all through Scripture. There's thousands and thousands of things like this that give us insight into something else if we're paying attention. You know, when you read, uh, for example, Genesis, the first three chapters of Genesis, and you read about the creation and you see all the various things that are created, quite often people will ask the question, well, uh, did God create the angels? You know, did he create angels? What did we just see right here? You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is on it. With all their host, everything that is in the heaven, the heaven of heavens and the earth. You have created everything. You know, and when you look at the balance of Scripture, you find out, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll say it this way, there's three heavens, okay? We have the heaven within the sky realm that we understand, the heaven that is uh, the spatial realm. And that right there is sort of interesting. We won't get into that right now. And then the third heaven, as Paul described it, uh, where Yahweh, the most high God, where he is, okay, where he rules and reigns from. And so what we're seeing is they're saying, Lord, you have created all this. They go back to the very beginning. They declare that you are Lord, you alone. Notice how it says that in verse 6. You are the Lord, you alone. You have made, and then they describe what he's made. Made all the heavens, the heavens of heaven, all their hosts, all this on it, the seas, and all this in them. And then they said this, and you preserve all of them. So not only did he make them, but he preserves all of them. And, you know, that actually sort of undermines, I just thought of this, <laughs> that actually sort of undermines uh, a deistic type of thing, uh, a deism um, that uh, some of our founding fathers in the United States, they believed in God in this way. And um, one of the corollaries of that is that God created everything, yeah, but he created it. Then he just sort of steps back and just lets it go. Okay, and lets it go its own way, whether it's going this way or going that way. And so he created everything, but he doesn't really have anything to do, shall we say, day to day with what's happening in his creation. But what does it say right here? He created them, all that is in them, and you preserve all of them. He preserves all of them. Let me see what the other translations say. You gave them life and to all of them. Okay. The seas and all of them, and you gave life. Oh, the preserve is translated as you gave them life. And then New American Standard, well, that's interesting. <coughs> the King James says you preserve them. See what the Lexman says. Okay, you gave life to them. So it's a little uh, uh, difference of nuance of interpretation right there in the English translations. The idea, though, is the same, nonetheless, is that the Lord did not just create, then take his hands off, so I'm done with that. Let me see how it turns out. No, that the Lord is actively involved. And you say, now, why are they doing this? They're lifting up a prayer of repentance and confession to God 
for the sin that they had committed. Why are they going all the way back and doing this? Well, here's why. They are declaring that he's the Lord. And that's where their stance is. And it is he alone. Okay, They're not into polytheism, just him. They're declaring that he's made everything in the heaven and that he's preserved everything, that he's actively involved in everything. The last phrase is, and the host of heaven worship you. And that host of heaven is interesting because there's a host in heaven that worships him right now. There's a portion of that host that rejected him. And they're acknowledging this because when it's all said and done with this prayer, it's going to get to the point where we see that they have broken the commandments. And they're starting at the very beginning that these commandments have come from this God, the one who's the one and only, the one who is the very creator. Since he's the one that has created us, since he's the one that's preserved us, why in the world are we not following his instructions, commandments? Why have we broken these commandments? Why have we gone our own way? Is that not a powerful thought, not only for them, but for us? Anyway, go go check this out. Nehemiah chapter 9, read that one verse. What verse was that? Verse 6. And, and see what the Lord speaks to you. Uh, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, as always, I do ask that you just continue to spread the news about this podcast. Uh, several of y'all have done that. We've had new people that have been subscribing, and I thank you for that. So continue to do that as we uh, join together just to receive what the Lord has from, for us from His Word. I'll see you later. Goodbye.